It's 2021, and yet 2020 seems to have come along with us. What do we do with that? What do we do with that in general, and what do we do with that as a people of faith? Today, we continue our series of conversations on the podcast talking about vaccine. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to the Gather, Grow, Go podcast. I'm Pastor Daniel. I'm Pastor Melissa. And today on the podcast, we have the incredible joy of being joined by our fine city's fire chief, uh, Scott Lale. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, glad to be here. I uh, hope we can, uh, you mentioned a little earlier that about 99.8% of the information floating around the internet is uh, false, malicious, just plain crazy, whatever. So hopefully we can uh, talk about it and maybe clear some things up and talk about vaccine, how it's uh, uh, distributed around the state to us, what our plans are, and maybe clear up some of that. Maybe we can get it down to about 99.4%. There we go. We'll, we'll make our contribution <laughs> to the internet uh, and do our best to make sure that it's not useless and and full of junk. So we thank you for joining us today. Um as you may have guessed, uh, Scott is the the person in charge here at a local level here in the city of Cleburne of our vaccine distribution protocol. You may have seen him on uh, Facebook and other places throughout the pandemic, giving us updates on what our local testing site was seeing in terms of positive tests and um, and positivity rates and things like that. He has become the kind of de facto COVID guy in, in the city of Cleburne. I don't know if that's what Scott uh Kane, our mayor, actually calls you or not, but uh, I know he has been deeply thankful for your presence uh, over this last year. And so, Chief Lale, if you could just spend a couple minutes, let us know who you are. I think sometimes we as general community members don't do a very good job of knowing our first responders and those who serve our community so well. I'd love to. Uh, actually, my new title is Captain COVID. Okay. Okay. <laughs> More than that. No, Perfect. Just, just so I started here in Cleburne as a fireman almost 27 years ago, wow. and I've come up through the ranks. Uh, on February 14th of this year, it'll be three years since I was appointed interim chief uh, mm-hmm. on February 14th, three years ago, and then August 14th, I was uh, appointed permanent chief. So uh, it's been a journey. Uh, it, it's always a huge learning experience. I've loved uh, every step of the way, and then COVID happened. <laughs> So uh, we, as at the fire department, we do uh, usually kind of fall into the public health authority kind of role, okay. but that's not, it's not really the official title. So when COVID came along and we started uh, dealing with and, and wading through all the problems that went along with it, uh, Johnson County doesn't have a, a county health department. Okay. So we were looking for ways to, um, to get more answers and to uh, be a little more accountable. So the city, uh, you mentioned Mayor Kane, we went through the process of appointing uh, Dr. Michelle Beeson as our public health authority for the municipality. Now she's been the fire department's medical director, which allows us to do EMS uh, okay. since 1999. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. So been yeah. with us for a long time, wonderful doctor, wonderful lady, uh, has helped us grow by leaps and bounds in the medical side. She agreed to come on as the public health authority. She's right. also an ER doc in the Metroplex. So she was, you know, full bore seeing the pandemic uh, every day mm. at work. So that's been, 
you see my face a lot on the Facebook videos and things like that, but the, the, the medical decision-making goes on behind the scenes with Dr. Beeson and I, and then uh, the mayor and the city manager, when we, uh, we look at the medical side of it and then make suggestions to the mayor and the city manager for uh, routes moving forward for gatherings for, uh, you know, different kind of procedures and things like that. So that's how we got to here. Uh, learning about COVID and, and being uh, right in the middle of it. We feel like it's our community service and our duty mm -hmm. to help the people the best that we can. This is not something normal. Uh, you know, people ask me about getting swabbed and getting tested. And I tell them that 12 months ago, if you were on fire, I was the guy you wanted to know. <laughs> now, if you've got a, a stuffy nose and a cough, I'm the guy you want to know. So it's been different. I also love what you said in this of like that there's a team of you that have been working together and that it's not that all these decisions rest on just your shoulders or uh, Mayor Scott's shoulders, but rather your wisdom grows by the four of you gathering together. I just wanted to lift that up if people missed it. Well, and let me, I'm going to, I'm going to tag onto what you said. Yeah. Uh, for me, I take zero credit for what we've been able to do here at the fire department. I have a, an amazing team. And when we look at the fire department, we kind of break it into two teams, uh, you know, much like offense and defense, but mm. uh, two separate parts of the team that work together. So I have a great group of, of line firefighters out there that uh, are, are, you know, picking up the ball and carrying it every single day. And one of the things I actually had a meeting with battalion chiefs this morning, well, one of the things that we can proudly say is that no time during this pandemic have we failed to answer the call. Mm. We've made every call. Uh, we've, we've not had a firefighter infected that we can trace back to a patient. So the, the crews are okay. wearing their PPE. They're doing the things they're supposed to. They're disinfecting the ambulances. And then the crew here at admin, which would be myself, my two, two assistant chiefs, EMS chief, the support staff we have, uh, we've been able to, because the guys in the field take care of that part, we've been able to run with the testing center and the vaccines. So together, uh, we didn't just think outside the box. We, we broke it open and stepped on it and then and moved somewhere else. Uh, and we're very proud of that as a team. Amen, as you should be. I think um, if you'll pardon the pun for a second, there was a season back in early March, uh, even through April and May, where we're all drinking from a fire hose right. in terms of processing information as quickly as possible and, and doing our best to try to ask questions while also giving answers. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things I had deeply appreciated in, in some of your videos over the course of these last many months together is the spirit of education that seems to flow through you. I, you know, I don't know if you were an educator in a previous life or if you've kind of taken on training as a part of, of what you do, but you did a very good job of explaining some kind of abstract and um, concepts that aren't sort of familiar to very many of us without like medical backgrounds or connections in that way uh, in ways that kind of really touched down and helped us all put a, get a grip on uh, what was happening in our midst. So thank you for that. I appreciate that. I did uh, and still do a lot of lecturing all over the United States and training. Uh, I'm fortunate to be part of a group that goes to rural Mexico every year. We do fire and EMS oh, training very good. Uh, in, in the rural parts of Mexico. This, uh, this coming year will be our 15th year Wow. to do that. So uh, I love the education part. And uh, I always tell people I make it fireman proof. I can, if, if I can understand <laughs> it and explain it, then I'm, I'm getting to where we can, uh, uh, people without a medical background can latch on to it also. 
Hey, very good. That is so good. Well, I think that kind of transitioned us perfectly into kind of what we want to spend some time in conversation with you about, which is we asked um, some people in our congregation, but that also expanded beyond into this community of Cleburne and even a little past that about what questions do they have about the vaccine? And some of those questions that we received back had to deal more with the distribution side of it. And so we called you up and we said, <laughs> well, if we want to answer that, we shouldn't answer that. We should go right to the one who is deciding and figuring that out. So I, I kind of wonder before we necessarily dive into real specific questions is just, if I'm coming to you and say, I know there's a vaccine now available, mm-hmm. what next? What would you tell me? So uh, I'm, I'm going to start off by echoing some frustration that a lot of people are feeling because the distribution of the vaccines uh, is all controlled at the state level. And it's mm-hmm. all controlled out of our control, meaning local control. Uh, I think the vaccine, one of the things that I, I've been very uh, very big on is if someone asks me about the vaccine and they're they're looking for should I get it or should I not the only thing that I ask is that they make an educated decision because there are people that won't get it there are people that will get it and if people ask my opinion or if I got the vaccine I typically don't say whether I did or not I did (laughs) but what I typically tell them is make a decision based on good educated solid research information Mm -hmm. Because if you decide not to, uh, and your reason for not getting it is, you know, that the, there may be a microchip in it that's going to track you from now on. I right. don't think that's a good, you know, make good educated decisions. So uh, the distribution, we applied very, very early to become a certified vaccination provider. And you have to do that through the state. And you're certified with MTRAC. And if you've ever gotten a vaccine or if you have kiddos that have gotten a vaccine, you know, there's your doctor, your PCP puts those vaccinations into MTRAC and you can have your doctor print off a list of your children's uh, vaccinations, like for going to college, for going to, you know, middle school, whatever it is. So we had to become a provider and we had to become a licensed with MTRAC so we can go in and put people's information in because we're giving them a vaccine. Um, so a pretty lengthy process, but I think our our experience with the drive-through testing center that we did for 17 weeks, I think mm-hmm. that prepared us. Uh, and we were actually approved very quickly. When they started, when I say they, when the state started sending out vaccines to places other than hospitals, we were the 10th agency in the state to get an allocation of vaccines. So we were very proud of that. We felt like that we had done all of our homework. Dr. Beeson was a great help on that because obviously we have to have a doctor sign on with us. We can't just decide to give vaccines without a doctor. Sure. So uh, we That's got that process problem. done. One of the things that we learned is that all vaccines in the state of Texas, they are shipped to the state and then they are allocated through what's called VAOS, which is the mm-hmm. vaccination allocation and ordering site. And I told the council last night, that's a complete misnomer because there's no ordering available. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, fair enough. You get what they give you. Mm. So they make an allocation number. In our case, our first allocation was 500. They send us an email. They say, you've been approved for an allocation of 500 vaccines, yes or no. And I either accept or I deny. And that's it. I can't say, hey, a thousand would be better. 
or 2000 would be better. You get what they give you. So we got that initial 500. The uh, state's first directive was tier 1A, frontline medical people, first responders. Uh, just to kind of as a side note, there are over 450 firefighter, uh, either career firefighter or volunteer firefighter EMS personnel in the county. Wow, so that okay. Five, that 500 just, if everyone gets it, that 500 just barely covers them. Mm. The thing that most people missed, though, is in that tier 1A, there are also uh, your personal physician, your doctor at the office, his mm-hmm. staff or her staff, uh, optometrist, ophthalmologist, uh, school nurses were a big one. Uh, and one of the things that we kind of missed along the way, they call them last responders. So it's people who work in funeral homes mm-hmm. because they they may be coming into close contact with someone who's who's died from COVID. So they need a vaccine too. Yeah. So uh, we missed, with 500 vaccines, there was no way we could cover all the 1A people. On the second day of vaccinating, the state changed the directive and said, okay, vaccinate 1B people also, which is anyone mm-hmm. over 65 or anyone in the Moderna world. The Moderna vaccine is only 18 or over. So for us, it was anyone 18 or over with a medical condition. That kind of opened Pandora's box. Mm. But then the state also tweeted out that particular directive change and then added on, but don't turn anyone away. So you mentioned drinking out of a fire hose, try yeah. vaccinating a fire hose. Okay. <laughs> so, well, I'd imagine your phone began to ring off the hook and you still were sitting there with just 500 doses mm-hmm. and that were quickly going, I mean, being given to people, right? Right. Um, so with, with the Moderna too, you have to take that vaccine out of the freezer and it has to sit at room temperature for two hours before it can be administered. Then okay. each, each vial, multi-dose vial, I wish I had one I could show you, but each vial has 10 doses in it. There's a little bit of extra medication. Most of the time, if you're very careful, you can get 11 doses. But once that vial is punctured to take injection number one out, it's only good for six hours. So we were scheduling people so we could take the the vials of vaccine out of the freezer at the proper times. So on Tuesday, the state changed their directive. That Tuesday, I believe that would have been the 29th of December. On Tuesday, on Wednesday, uh, after all of that information had come out, I had 52 people scheduled, uh, tier 1A responders. Right. Uh, we vaccinated 167 people. I finally had to have wow. someone stand at the door because we couldn't take vaccines out fast enough. Mm. to bring them up to room temperature to be able to administer them. Uh, that night, we received over 310 voicemails for I need a vaccine. Wow. I, and I've only got one person answering the phone. So uh, there were so many voicemails. She, I mean, she couldn't answer the voicemails for the phone ringing. Right. So uh, by Wednesday at noon, all 500 of my vaccines had been allocated, had been scheduled, had been either administered, mm. or I had an appointment in the next two to three days for a tier 1A or 1B person to get those. So uh, we felt some frustration because we were doing the best we could to get the vaccines out, but it becomes very difficult to schedule or make appointments if I don't know that I'm going to get any more. Mm. So those initial initial fit, uh, 500 were gone, like I said, by, by noon Wednesday, we were we were pretty much done with any new uh, appointments or anything because they were all accounted for. Okay. 
And, and I know that from talking to folks within the congregation and, and within my own family, right, who have been looking, you know, who hit fit the 1B category, but not the 1A category, right? Um, you know, the state website lists you and HB any number of places as places where you can go and receive and has like their indicator light function on the on the <laughs> website apparently is malfunctioning because it will indicate, yeah, they've got plenty. And and then y'all are on the other end of the phone having to tell people bad news over and over again, which is not what any of us signed up for. Um, and I can, you know, just from a human empathy standpoint to say, I can't help you right now. Right. That's got to be really hard. And we, we found that one of kind of the, the glitches of the system was uh, M-Track tracks those vaccines in real time. So it, uh, pastor, if you come in, I sign you up for a vaccine. As soon as in M-Track, as soon as I click the button that says you've been immunized or you've been, you've gotten your vaccine, they tell the state allocation site and my number of available vaccines goes down by one immediately. So it's okay. real time. What they found out after about four or five days was those two sites weren't communicating correctly. So one okay. site was saying I had vaccines while the other site knew I didn't because it was seeing in real time that I was clicking the button and it wasn't communicating that to the, the counter for lack okay. of a better term. Yeah. So the forward facing side didn't, mm -hmm. the back end knew exactly what your inventory was. The, right. the forward facing side did not. Right. So that's why so, I think a lot of people were frustrated because it said I had them and sure. I didn't. Mm. So understanding that, you know, there's been some frustration with the midst of that. What do you want to tell people as, you know, more get allotted or don't get allotted? You know, what do you want people to know about that? I just I want people to hang on, really. And, and I can tell you right now, I do not know if I will get any more first doses. If I give a dose, a first dose, the state guarantees me the second dose. So all 500 okay. people that I vaccinated will get their second dose from me. Okay. Now, where it becomes a little troublesome is if someone gets their first dose from me, but then goes to say Tarrant County and gets their second dose. Now I've got one dose left that's not accounted for and I can't give it as another first dose because I have no second dose guaranteed, if that makes mm. any sense. Yes. So yeah. doses come one for one. If I give you one, I have another one for you that'll be shipped to me within two weeks. But if I give you one and you go get your second one somewhere else, I've got this one, but I can't give it to anyone because I don't have one to back it up. So wherever so, you go, get your first and second dose from the please. same place. Yeah. Come see me and get your second dose. That way I don't end up with doses that I really can't give because I do not under any circumstances want to throw any vaccines away or not be able to use them. So uh, people hang on. Uh, I'm sure people have heard about uh, the community vaccination hubs or regional vaccination hubs. Tarrant County is going to be ours. And they looked for, when the state set those up, they looked for places that could vaccinate 100,000 people. The wow. interesting thing was they didn't say a time frame because uh, Tarrant County was shipped 19,000 vaccines and they want them to vaccinate 100,000 people. So it may not happen. <laughs> it may not happen this week. It's not going to happen well, no. Yeah. Uh. Yes, yes. So uh, we're going to come about 80,000 short on that one. <laughs> we are. You mentioned, can you unpack for us a little bit what that community vaccination hub actually means? I, I think I've heard that like Johnson County folks can go to Tarrant County, but unpack what that means for us realistically. 
So uh, initially, the first five weeks of vaccines being shipped to the state of Texas, uh, every week, 121,000, just basically say 122,000 of the available vaccines was stripped off the top and kept for uh, vaccination of nursing home patients, long-term care facility patients. Now realize too that we operate under the Department of State Health Services, DSHS. Nursing homes operate under Health and Human Services or HHS, two separate state entities. So they were peeling 122,000 doses off to take care of those nursing home patients, long-term care facilities, things like that. This is the last week they're going to do that. They've pulled off enough to be able to take care of everyone. So that will be an additional 122,000 vaccines available every week that weren't for the past five. Once again, though, the state gets to allocate those, but it does allow for a little bit more availability. So the state's planning to send those to those big regional hubs so that they will be able to hold bigger stores or more numbers of vaccines and have a a more robust scheduling plan, bigger places uh, where people can wait and get the vaccine. Uh, The Tarrant County Health Department, I've gone through their process just to look at the sign up and it's it's not difficult at all. You go online, you sign up within, uh, I wanna say within an hour or two hours, they send you a confirmation that you are signed up, but you don't have an appointment yet. And then they will contact you back and give you an appointment time. So it seems fairly straightforward and fairly easy. Um, But that was going to back up. Sorry, that was going to back up to to you, Melissa, with your question to tell people what to do. If if vaccines aren't available here with me in Cleburne, by all means, use the Tarrant County hub, because that's what the state's plan is. Okay. And so they go to Tarrant County Health Department's website, Mm -hmm. complete the form there. And that's for 1A and 1B folks right now. Yes, 1A and 1B. Mm -hmm. Okay. So 65 and over, 18 and over with a pre-existing medical condition that meets the the list. Right. And or first responders, health Mm co-workers, et cetera, et cetera. Yep, that is correct. Let's let's say I don't fall into category 1A, 1B. Where would I go to find information to figure out what category am I in and where can I go look to see, oh, now I am someone who's eligible to sign up for the vaccine? I have absolutely no idea. (laughs) (laughs) And I I say that a little bit, I say that a little bit tongue in cheek, but the state has what's called an EVAP, which is an emergency vaccination or, or it's an expert vaccination panel, whatever whatever it is. They've got a group of experts together, and they are the people that built Tier 1A and decided who would be on it. They were the people who built Tier 1B. Uh, for instance, I'll throw this out. Police officers that do not fall in Tier 1, they're not 1A. They don't If they don't fall in Tier 1B, which would be over 65 or have a medical condition, they still don't have a tier. So that group, that vaccination panel, the experts, they decide who goes in each tier, and then they make a a recommendation to the Department of State Health Services or Dr. Hellerstadt or whoever the group is that oversees that, and then they will publish the next tier. So while I said that tongue-in-cheek, it's true because I don't know who's going to be in the next tier because that that recommendation and that... uh, that guideline has not been published by the state yet. 
That's very helpful. I appreciate <laughs> that answer. No, I think it's good to know. So basically we just need to stay informed right. as more information comes out and sources like you through the Facebook, um, our Cleburne times here. And then also obviously some bigger state publications are going to put that information out as it becomes available. If people will just, uh, uh, the, their search engine, whatever you use as a search engine, if you'll put in DSHS, or if you want to spell it out, Department of State Health Services, COVID page, the Department of State Health Services has a great page that has all the vaccination links, the providers, the locations, and it has some great explanation on there. You can spend hours just going through their stuff if you want to click through all the links, but it's a good place to go and find information. And probably as current uh, information as you can get is found there. Okay. Would that be a place for folks? I know you said it's kind of up to this allocation thing, mm -hmm. uh, the system that they just kind of tell you it's coming and you don't get to really request things. But for folks looking to keep up with if and when you have vaccine available, um, where's the best place for them to kind of be looking for that going forward? So what we've decided to do is uh, when we're when and if we are allocated more first doses, I'm not going to make an announcement on that for one simple reason. I do not want to make promises I can't keep. So uh, once I get those vaccines in hand, they're in my freezer. I will make a video and put it on the Cleburne uh, Cities face or web page, those cities Facebook page and the fire department's Facebook page. Okay. And that way the information goes out. Now I will say that we've invested in a scheduling software program, which will allow people to go to the city's webpage, simply click on a link and it will allow them to sign up and make their own appointment. Kind of okay. like Tarrant County's, but you actually get to make your own appointment rather than having someone call you back with an appointment time. The other thing it does is if you have picked a day and we're out of appointments for that day, it will generate a waiting list that is time stamped. So one of the things mm. that we ran into was I called and left a message. Well, I can't time stamp that message to make sure that it stays in order that we got those. So with this program, it will keep it in order. So whoever was the first person on the waiting list then the next person, it'll keep it in order for us. So if somebody misses their appointment and because they got it at the Tarrant County Hub, mm -hmm. I mean, I think people are casting wide nets right now yep. from the conversations I've had, right? Um, you're calling next down the list. And yep. if you can come during the, how, how long is it that the vial between when you? It's six hours, six hours, six hours, six hours okay. once I puncture it. So we, we were vaccinating from nine to three, but we made appointments from nine to two and then we would do backup appointments at three. The reason for that is I didn't want to get to three o'clock. So it's been out for six hours and we've had the medications out and now they're, they're, they're no good for me. And right. I, now I'm starting to call people. So typically what we would do is there are 10 doses in a vial, like we talked about. Right. So I would make appointments for people on the tens, which uh, I'd, I'd, I'd make 50 appointments. So that gives me, I know I've got to take five vials out. But if I'm getting an extra dose out of each vial at the end of the day, about an hour before the end of this, the uh, shot periods, I start calling those people on the list if I'm able to draw extra doses. So out of 
out of five vials, if I only get three extra doses out of those, then I'd call the first three people on the list and say, hey, I've got three extra doses. I've got 30 minutes. Can you be here? And we actually had some people with the last ones because we had a waiting list that I think we were able to take either 11 or 14 people off of total. I actually had a guy that we called that it was really high on the list and told him we had a vaccine left. How far away are you? And he said, I'm over 30 minutes away. If you don't mind, call the next person on the list and give them my vaccine. So we did and we got someone. So mm. uh, it was it was a good process. I've never seen so many people so happy to get a needle stuck in them. <laughs> but uh, uh, I understand people's frustration that want it and can't get it because I'd like to give it and can't get it to give it. So it, it is a bit frustrating. Well, we, we thank you for helping us understand. I know I feel a whole lot more uh, aware of, of the process and the things that are kind of in our control and not in, in the rationale behind the decisions that are in place. Um, the, the link for people to sign up is people can access it from the main page of the city of Cleveland's website. They will be able to, but once again, I'm not going to put that link up until I have vaccines in hand. Okay. Because it, uh, they, and here's one of the things that's kind of worried us. There's been multiple counts or cases where vaccines have been shipped to a provider and they were not handled properly in shipping. And when they get to the provider, they're no good. They haven't been kept at the proper temperature. So I don't want to have 500 people signed up. My vaccines arrive three days later and I have to send them all back to the state. Mm. So uh, I don't, I don't want to, I guess it boils down to, I don't want to make promises I can't keep. So once I get vaccines in hand, then we will, I'll put the videos out and we'll put that link up. Very good. So we'll be looking for those videos. We'll be looking for that link. If you had one thing that if people didn't hear anything today, they heard this one thing, what would you want that to be for the people of Cleburne um, in this day and time? Uh, it really, it's, it's going to be more than one thing. I, I ask people, uh, uh, first of all, obviously, we've got to have faith in the process and we've got to have faith in higher power and what's going on for us. I also ask people to have patience with us, uh, have patience with my staff. Uh, I realize people are frustrated. I realize people are upset. Um, but there are things that are out of our control that we cannot change. And uh, getting someone getting upset with me doesn't make vaccines appear faster. So uh, I think we've obviously got to have faith in a higher power mm. that uh, things are going to work out the way things are going to work out. We're right here for you, uh, the best that we can be, but also bear with us because we are doing the best we can. Uh, like I said, a year ago, if you were on fire, I was the guy you wanted to see. <laughs> now that's not the case. So just bear with us and uh, we'll help everybody get through this time the best we can. The last thing to go along with what Melissa said and what you said, Daniel, cast a wide net. If mm. Tarrant County has vaccines, do not be scared to sign up and go get them there. Because mm. once again, uh, this week, week five here in Johnson County, 100 vaccines were allocated for the entire county. Burleson mm. Fire Department got 100 vaccines. That's it. I got none. Uh, none of the pharmacies got any. So there's no guarantee. So cast mm. that wide net. Okay. Thank you again so much for your time and for your wisdom. And, and thank you for, for your team. You mentioned it earlier, but I don't want it to go un, 
unrecognized and, and unhighlighted, just the safety record that your team has had over this last year, um, yes. making sure that they keep themselves and through that, their patients and, and the community safe by, by following all of the recommended PPE guidelines and everything like that. That is such an incredible gift. I, I had to laugh Sunday as I was leaving church. We're in an online only season for our church right, right now. And so uh, I was leaving about 1215 or so and, and, driving down Nolan River Road. And, and your guys out at the, the station on Nolan River there were building that eight foot <laughs> snowman. snowman. Yes. But every one of them was building that snowman in the bitter cold with the mask on their face. And I mean, and, and it it brought me joy on so many levels. I was the random guy who rolled my window down and yelled at him, good job, guys. Um, so if you heard weird stories about a guy in a Subaru, that was me and I'm sorry. But um Thank you. I, I need, I, I need to, to give a shout out to what you what you're doing too. Uh, one of the one of the biggest things we're seeing now is uh, you've heard of COVID fatigue, uh, mm -hmm. but one of the big things that we're seeing, especially among responders, is uh, we're seeing higher levels of depression. We're seeing higher levels of burnout. We're seeing more stress at work and at home. And I, I do believe. 100% that, that being faith-based in what you do is uh, probably the absolute best way to help you get through these times mm -hmm. because everybody is just, for lack of a better term, is just beat down. And mm -hmm. when we see, when my crews see these patients day in, day out, 15, 20 times a day for these uh, COVID patients or patients who are having difficulty breathing or things like that, it, it starts to wear on us more. Mm -hmm. Than, than it has in the past. And then when you add on the stressor of putting on and taking off PPE on every single call, no mm -hmm. call do we get to go on anymore other than a fire that we don't have to put on all the stuff. Mm -hmm. So we treat every patient as positive. So I appreciate what, what you are doing uh, it, with the ministry. I appreciate the, the churches here in Cleburne and, and other places that are, uh, able to minister to the emotional and, and spiritual health, uh, not just the physical health of these responders. Well, we do our best to be all in this together. And that's mm -hmm. the way we're going to get through with God's that's help right. and, and powerful community. Chief Lael, thank you again for joining us today. It has been a gift for our conversation. And um, know that our prayers and our best blessings are with you guys in the days and weeks to come. Thank you very much. I appreciate you having me. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us today on the Gather, Grow, Go podcast. I'm Pastor Daniel. I'm Pastor Melissa. And once again, we want to say a big thank you to our special guest today, Chief Lale. Thank you for being with us. If this podcast has been interesting to you, if it has answered one of the questions that you have had about how distribution of the COVID-19 vaccine is happening, if any of this has been good to your soul um, to hear the process, the humanity behind it, then would you share 
this podcast with someone. Share it on your favorite social media platform or reach out to that person that you also know has been asking the same questions you've been asking so that we can make sure just as we're going to cast our nets wide when it's our turn to get our vaccine, we're also casting the net wide on good information that we're putting out there. So thank you. Please like, share, and comment on this podcast. Amen. And now that we have gathered together, I want to give you an invitation to grow. As Chief Lael so powerfully reminded us, our growth in this time is growth in trust, in patience, and in making sure we've got the right information. As you go, may a spirit of trust and discernment go with you. And now go, receive this benediction, this blessing that's meant to be lived out as you go from this place this week. May you encounter God and the first responders in the way that they show empathy towards our frustrations and our impatience. May you encounter Christ when you in turn offer back that kind word, that rolling down of the window, yelling out at snowman building. May you encounter the Holy Spirit is the one who, when fatigue sets deep into our bones, gives us grace, gives us rest, and invites us to a space of trust and patience. May we go to encounter the Trinity in our life. Amen. Amen.